Good morning. Welcome to worship this morning. If you're worshiping with us online, I want to say welcome to you as well. Uh, there is an online attendance button that you can let us know that you're with us. would appreciate that very much. And we just invite you to, to enter into this time of worship uh, and receive uh, God's gift for you on this day. Psalter for this morning is from Psalm 91. Those who dwell in the shelter of the Most High, who abide in the shadow of, of the Mighty, will say to the Lord, My refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust, for the Lord will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence and will cover you this his pinions. Under the Lord's wings you will find refuge. God's faithfulness is a shield and buckler. fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the destruction that wastes at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only look with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord your refuge, the most high your habitation. No evil shall befall you, no scourge come near your tent. Please join me in prayer. Loving God, we praise you for gathering us here to worship you this morning. Lord God, we pray for our brothers and sisters in our prayer list. Many of them are fighting against disease and sickness. Lord, come and touch their bodies. Comfort them and give them hope and peace in their minds. 
Lord, some of us are having a hard time due to job situations and family issues and financial issues. Lord, provide your wisdom and courage so that they may overcome all the issues. Lord, provide comfort for those who have lost their loved ones recently and those mourning for a long time. Lord, you are the one who embraces and fathoms all our pains and sorrows. Lord, we thank you for your love and grace for us. Lord, we thank you for your faithfulness. You have provided all things we need. Lord, as followers of Christ, we want to take our steps of faith by giving our time, energy, talents, and our treasures. Lord, you promised that you would come closer to those who come closer to you. Lord, through our ded dedicated life, we come closer to you. Lord, bless our daily lives. We want to be a channel of your blessings, not just a destination of your blessings. Let us share the blessings we have with others and share your love. Lord, one of the ways to share the blessings is to support our ministries. We have many ministries here at the St. John's Center Center. Lord, help us maximize our capacity to help and support and embrace this community with your love. Lord, we praise you and worship you. Loving God, now we come to you with the prayer Jesus taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Today is from 1 Corinthians 15, 42 to 44, and 54 to 57. So it will be with the resurrection of the dead. The body that is sown is perishable. 
it is raised imperishable. It is sown in dishonor, it is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, it is raised in power. It is sown a natural body, it is raised a spiritual body. If there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. When the perishable has become clothed with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh death, is your victory? Where, O oh death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin. The power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. This is the word of our Lord for the people of God. Um, for the last three weeks, we have talked about um, how do we grow as disciples? How do we grow as followers of Christ? And, and that um, is what we're calling our discipleship pathway. And it's got three steps, uh, becoming a follower of Christ, belonging to the body of Christ, blessing others through faith in Christ. And, and we've been talking about our, our Christian journey, our Christian faith, as, as something that moves like, uh, you know, you're traveling on a journey. And so as we have a beginning, that journey with Christ on this earth, anyway, also has an ending. The human side of our experience, uh, I just want to acknowledge that, that the sting of death is all too real. We feel that sting when someone we love is, is taken from us through illness, uh, through accident, through tragedy. No matter what age, there is a sting, whether we're ready, whether they were ready, whether they're young or old. We feel that um, sense of, of someone we love, someone we counted on, is gone. And, and so there is a very real experience of the, the sting of death. Even if somebody lives a Christian life, I, I always go back to uh, Susan's dad, who was a pastor, uh, who helped so many people for, for decades uh, make that step from this life into the next. And then when he came to his own ending, there was that sense of trying to hang on, trying to hold on to this earthly body. And, and yet there was so much to celebrate on what is to come. And I think the human side of our experience of, of grief and loss often is, is tied to the fact that it hurts to be left behind. We see that when a friend uh, moves away for a new job. They have a, a new home, a new community, and new opportunities, and we feel they've been taken from us. And so it's hard to be left behind. And I'm very much aware that some today, your grief is still fresh. Not that it was recent, but maybe you still feel that loss very keenly. And that is the sting of death. That is our human experience when, when someone we care about dies. When we say someone has died in Christ, how is it that the Apostle Paul writes that, that dying in Christ is actually a moment of victory? To live is Christ, to die is gain. Today I'd like to remind you of the gain reminds you that in Christ there is a, a victory that's also connected to our losses. In another passage, 
Paul is the one who writes a word of encouragement to people in his day, saying that we do mourn, we do suffer loss, but we don't mourn as those who have no hope. There is hope, and Paul wants us to see that connection between our experience of death and the death of Christ. That Jesus did die, he died an agonizing death on the cross, and yet he didn't stay dead. Three days later, he rose from the grave, and that event is celebrated on Easter. Easter is a day of resurrection. It's a reminder that even though death comes, that's not the final word. Easter is a reminder of the day that Jesus triumphed over the grave, the victory of Jesus. It followed the death of Jesus, but on Easter morning, Jesus beat death. And that's a day that's supposed to shape us as believers as we navigate the valley of the shadow of death. So I acknowledge there is a human struggle. There is human suffering and feelings and the sting that is so real. But there's also the reality of Easter. And and I'd like to bring that to bear on all that we would remember today. Easter was a day that shook the world and shaped the rest of history. Easter was so significant that for the first believers, who mainly were Jews, they, they did an unmanageable thing. They, they changed their day of worship, Sabbath, which was Saturday, to Sunday, the Lord's Day. A, a change not to be taken lightly, but a change that, that very significantly separated them from the synagogue, and they never looked back. Jesus conquering death is supposed to make a difference in our everyday lives. Easter invites us to look into the empty tomb. Easter invites us to believe that death is not the final word. And today, I invite you to believe in Easter, because as every Christian journey has a beginning, uh, there is also an end on this earth, and it comes for us one by one. The possibility of celebration invites us to the possibility of eternal life, and it's a day in which we embrace the hope of heaven. You know, in every culture and every century of the past, humanity has expressed their fascination with eternity. They've asked questions. They've been searching and seeking and wondering. And God himself placed the very seed of that idea in the hearts of all people. From culture to culture, uh, there are many names for, for that future hope. Uh, Sometimes we talk about the afterlife, the next life, and every culture has tried to figure out what's on the other side of death. I believe God revealed through the words of Jesus so that in Scripture we, we may be trained in the imaginations of men with the revelation of God. Easter shows us the power of God. Jesus' resurrection from the dead signals a new, a new reality for those who are following Christ. And that reality we, we know is eternal life, and eternal life is something that we spend in heaven with Christ. Some people still wonder, though, what's the big deal about heaven? And, and Scripture gives us enough of a glimpse of the reality of heaven to comfort us as we say goodbye to people and also to to give us hope as we look at our own endings. I suggested that everybody in the past has wondered about eternal life. All we have to do is is look at pictures of Egypt, or if you've been to Egypt, 
The pyramids are where they point you. And the pyramids in Egypt are, are massive tombs uh, for the kings, for royalty, and yet those pyramids uh, symbolize the, the hopes for all people that were a part of those kingdoms that there is something coming. There's something on the other side of death for as people opened the pyramids and looked at what was treasured there, they were supplies. They were supplies for the, the king that died. Uh, there were weapons. You know, maybe there were still going to be contests of strength on the other side of death. There was food. Uh, there was currency, you know, gold and silver. Um, they, they didn't know what was next, but it was a preparation for something, trying to cover all the bases, a preparation for what might happen uh, for their, their king or their queen uh, that they honored in that way. They were trying to prepare them for the next life. In our own continent, uh, Native Americans had a word for paradise, and as uh, American settlers came from Europe and uh, compared ideas and compared faith, they came to know that the Native Americans also had a hope, uh, the happy hunting ground. One of the, the activities they enjoyed a lot was hunting, and, and when there was famine or disruption or, or movement, they often lost uh, their ability to uh, find game and to hunt, and so their idea of paradise was uh, a bountiful, plentiful, uh, wooded area full of game. Even today, in our culture, music continues to explore what might the next life be like. Country music is full of uh, titles. We have Holes in the Floor of Heaven, Stairway to Heaven, Christian music talks about, I can only imagine. There's songs that are exploring what's real and what might be next. We have books uh, from people that have experienced a near-death experience and returned to tell about it, 90 Minutes in Heaven. We have movies, Heaven is for Real, where somebody sees something, and sometimes it's as innocent as a little boy, and he sees Jesus. And as that uh, memory starts to, to come out in conversations with parents, there was a book and then there was the movie, and we're invited to, to wonder with that family, wow, did that little boy really see this? Science is, is kind of uh, going in a different direction. The reality is that three people die every second. Science is trying to beat death. We're trying to cure all kinds of illnesses, and, and I think we're living in a time where we benefit from all the advances and all the possibilities and, and all the things that uh, are offered in the time of a health crisis, and they try to extend life. And some, though, are, are trying to do it without God, apart from God, and, and they're hoping that they can somehow beat that idea that my life will end here on this earth. There's also a part of uh, our past where there's the myth, or there's a legend of the fountain of youth, where you drink a cup of uh, magic water and your body stops declining, stops decaying, and you could live forever. The movies give us pictures of how that might be. Indiana Jones is a recent quest for that fountain of youth. And even though they show us where it was in the movie, it's fiction. 
after all. We're curious about the afterlife, just like other cultures are. And I think one of the reasons we actually find in the Old Testament, uh, Solomon, uh, who wrote Ecclesiastes, said it this way in the, the chapter where he's saying there is a time to be born and a time to die. He, he kind of rolls into some uh, thoughts and he says, everything was made beautiful in its own season. And I think he's musing that even death can be beautiful after a life well lived. And he goes on to say, God planted eternity, the seeds of eternity within the human imagination Yet even so, we cannot see the whole scope of God's plan from beginning to end. We're curious. We wonder. We want to know. We want to see. We, we'd like to kind of part the veil and, and get to see a little more clearly. And Solomon, way back in the Old Testament, said, I think God put that curiosity within every human heart. So my question for us this morning is, is, can our faith in Christ transform the sting of death and help us towards the victory that Paul names in Corinthians? Can Jesus redeem our, our human struggling, our, our sense of loss, and that we might be able to celebrate and not just say we had a celebration of life, but that Jesus might redeem uh, those feelings of loss and fill us so with hope that, that we could see the gift that God has yet for each of us? Is that the possibility? Jesus overcame death. Jesus even told his disciples he was going to overcome death. It's not a surprise that he did it. It was a surprise to them. But while he was on this earth, he encountered death, the loss of friends. He, he went to a funeral for a dear friend named Lazarus. And as he met the family, he told the sister of Lazarus, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. And everyone who leave, lives in me and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this, Martha? Those are words that uh, I use to begin every funeral. And this last week, I actually attended a funeral where a different Methodist pastor led. And it was a comfort to me to hear the same opening, that same verse. And Jesus ended by saying, Martha, do you believe? And my question to all of us today is, do you believe? And does it make a difference in how you grieve? I have to believe. I can't do what I do as your pastor I mean, I, I would say most pastors couldn't stand with uh, families in the, the valley of the shadow of death if there weren't some hope on the other side, if we didn't have something to offer those who are struggling. I think in Christ, we can face difficulties no matter how hard they are, and we can even face death uh, with this hope that there is something to come. We can face all things. There is a, a verse that says, uh, I can do all things through Christ who is my strength. And uh, there's a little adjustment that maybe needs to happen, but it's not just that I can do anything I want. I think um, Paul was actually saying, I can survive all things 
because Christ is my source of strength. Because Jesus has survived death, I too will survive when that comes my way. And I would hope we could hang on to that. Paul also said, and now, dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know what will happen to believers who die so that you do not grieve as those who have no hope. That Paul offers to us a hope that is very real and very important. In my title, I said, we've been on the road with Jesus. We're on this journey of faith. And the the title up there says, Ending Well. And ending well doesn't mean we don't feel. It doesn't mean we don't struggle. It doesn't mean we don't have doubts. We still hurt, and the sting of death still comes to us, and we may have agony, and we may have a a really, really hard time. But we don't have to remain uh, paralyzed in that valley of the shadow of death. We don't have to go on just loaded down with loss. We can hold on to Jesus, and we can lean into his mercy, and we can say with Paul, death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O death, is your sting? Where, O death, is your victory? Because Jesus overcame the grave, it means we have the hope of Christ to overcome the dead ends that we may experience in our journey and death when that becomes a part of our journey. And the only question this morning is, do you believe? Do you believe? Will you pray with me? Solomon said, there is a time, a time to be born and a time to die. Whether we accept that time, whether we're okay with the time, or whether we're still hurting, from those times of loss. We thank you, God, for joining us in the valley, as the psalm said, the valley of the shadow of death, for walking beside us so we don't have to fear. And we thank you for the hope that you offer to us in the resurrection of Christ. And we recall that event of the past today that changed history, asking, oh God, that you might shape us and change us as well. Amen.